You know, our lives are filled with questions and questions that need answers. Some of the questions we are faced with are very mundane and routine. For example, what shall I wear? Or, where do you want to eat dinner tonight? Or, what do you want to watch on TV? All those sounds are, are routine and mundane. But these are not the questions that have importance in our lives. Some of our life's questions are just plain unanswerable. For example, why do men refuse to stop and ask for directions? Why do women open their mouths when they're putting on I might makeup? If nothing ever sticks to Teflon, how do they make the Teflon stick to the pan? Now, I know these questions have you wondering, don't they? But these questions aren't really worth a whole lot. But there are some questions that are important for us. Example, will you marry me? What shall we name the baby? Doctor, what's my prognosis? Now, we think of those things as important for us, but yet there was a time when we were growing up and everything that I learned a little earlier today. I was using an old term, but it's a new term. Anybody ever hear of class exercises? What's class exercises? That's pop quizzes. How many like enjoyed pop quizzes when they were growing up? Man, you guys just didn't enjoy a whole lot, did you? Pop quizzes. Teachers would use them whenever they wanted to do, do something different. But now the term is class exercise because they don't hear the word quiz or pop. But those things help us to see if we're learning, remembering things that we need to remember. You know, if you go through life, we all have different types of questions we want to ask. Now, how many of you have heard of the game? Twenty questions. Remember twenty questions? It'd be a game which you have twenty different things that would give you directions or questions to an item. Well, I just happen to have a few. I'm a thing. Early versions of me were class. People who own me don't want you to see me. I was invented in 1887. I can be easily lost. I can be found in the case. I can be associated with vanity. Any idea what that is? Contact lens. Wow, you guys just got a new answer for yourselves. Here's, the la here's another one real quickly. It's a thing. No, uh, I'm nicknamed for daring skiers. skiers. I, I'm long and I'm thin. I don't miss many baseball games. Man bites dog doesn't surprise me. Some people call me Frank. Any idea? Hot dog! Great! Glad you guys got that. I hate to ask any hard questions. 
Glad I didn't bring out Beethoven and Bach. Anyway, 20 questions. Who had to guess? There are other types of questions. For example, there was a man getting ready to sky dive. And as he jumped out, got down from the plane, he pulled the ripcord. Nothing happened. Well, he didn't really panic as he went on down. He pulled the second one. Nothing happened. Now he's starting to panic a little bit. So he's trying to fiddle with it, trying to get it taken care of. Maybe he can get one open. Before too long, as he's falling down, he hears a great big boom. And as he's coming, singing, coming up to him, there's another man coming up at him. And as the man comes up to him and says, Hey, do you know anything about parachutes? Maybe. Do you know anything about gas stoves? Questions. Questions. A lot of them we have. Let's look at a conversation with Jesus. Consider the, the questions he has for us. Two basic questions with a, a lot of thought to them. Mark 8, 27 through 30. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do you people say that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Philip answered, you are the Messiah. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Now we're told that Jesus and his disciples are in the cities and the villages around Caesarea Philippi. This is a predominantly Gentile area located about 25 miles from Bethsaida. That was where Jesus had healed a blind man just prior in these verses. Is there that? And in here, there's a spring that comes forth of water from Mount Hermon. That forms one of the tributaries that make the Jordan River. This was a beautiful area. It was steeped, in, though in pagan religion. In ancient time, they called the city Belenath, which meant that they worshipped Baal as their idol worship. Phoenician god of fertility and nature. Now, Caesarea Philippi also contained a gleaming marble temple built by Herod Philip to honor Caesar, the Roman emperor, who was also considered a god. In fact, he was considered a god in such a way that once a year, the entire city had to come together to the temple and place a pinch of incense on a burning altar and proclaim, Caesar's Lord! It was here that Jesus decided to divulge a revelation to the disciples. Because also this city was a soldier city. Caesar's, Philippi, much like Philippi, Philippians. It was here in this city that a man-made gods, that Jesus made a place to have a fuller revelation of himself to the disciples. It was also here that Simon Peter saw for the first time that Jesus Christ was truly a son of God. Number one, Jesus asked a probing question. Now, we use probes for all types of things. If you're cooking turkey at Thanksgiving, they've got a little probe or a little thermometer that comes up. Or you can stick it with a probe, find out what's going on. But here, the Lord's first question is, whom do men say I am? And Jesus knew that the people were saying about him. He wasn't paranoid, nor was he seeking the praise of men. He wanted to hear from these disciples that were with him all the time what was going on concerning his identity, concerning the idea of the disciples' own opinions that talk about him, or just who Jesus was. 
When Jesus asked the question, does men tell Jesus uh, what they have been hearing? First, they tell him John the Baptist. John the Baptist prepared the way for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. He, pray, he preached repent, and he was baptizing people. They also said that he was perhaps Elijah, raised from the dead, a prophet. A prophet that had conducted his ministry much like Jesus's, Convicting and preaching and convincing miracles. Or perhaps he was one of the other prophets. Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea. Jesus declared the law of God. Maybe it was Moses. Jesus, like Isaiah, preached about sacrifice and holiness. And Daniel was, a, was Jesus perhaps in the way of the prophetic kingdom coming. But like Jeremiah, Jesus carried out a ministry marked by compassion and brokenness. Of love and concern about people. Care. When Jesus looked into the eyes of people, he was able to probe. And that probe went into their hearts to see what's going on in their life. And Jesus knew so much more about them. They were overwhelmed when he would talk to them and tell them what's going on. But this is what the people were saying. Other voices also were expressing their opinions about Jesus. The Pharisees and other religious leaders in that day said he was a devil and is mad. Why here in John 10, 20? The scribes, the men viewed as great teachers of the law, said he has Beelzebub in him. He, and by the princes, prince of the devils, he cast out demons. The Sanhedrin, these were, in a sense, the ruling body of the Jewish religion. And he said, he has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think of it? They answered and said, he is guilty of death. Then they spit upon his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, prophesize to his Christ, who is supposed to be the king of the Jews. His own family and friends, he's beside himself. He's, he's been on it too, going too long. And even as Jesus hung on the cross, giving his life as a ransom for our sins, we find that on the cross, the religious elite were expressing their evil opinion of Jesus. Likewise, also the chief priest mocking said among themselves with the scribes, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ be king of Israel, descend from now from that cross and save himself, so that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him also. So what's going on? This is Jesus. Some saying John, some saying Elijah, some saying other prophets. Then others are putting him down, attacking him. So Jesus asked, when he asked what the people were thinking and saying, he got answers. And other things were developing during that period of time. But not every voice in that day was lifted against Jesus. Some people knew who he was and proclaimed him openly. John the Baptist got it right. The angels got it right. Simeon got it right. Anna got it right. The Roman satyrian got it right. The dying thief on the cross got it right. The blind man got it right. Bartimaeus got it right. Zacchaeus got it right. The crowds outside of Jerusalem got it right. Even the demons knew who he was. They got it right. That's what some of the people in that day were saying about Jesus. 
and what they're saying about him our day. What do they say about Jesus? What do you hear? What are people saying about this Jesus Christ? You know, we're that reflection of Christ. We're that light for others to see. Do we ever talk about Jesus when he's doing it in our lives? Is he making a difference in you? Is he making a difference in you, moving you to a relationship to Christ? If you already have a relationship with Christ, is that improving and growing? What does Jesus mean to you today? Just a good teacher? Listen to what God in heaven said about Jesus Christ, his son. When Jesus was baptized by John in the, in the Jordan River, a dove came down, and God's voice spoke out from the clouds and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased when he was baptized. Matthew 3.17 Then Jesus was at the transfiguration. He was transfigured with Moses, Elijah. All were there. Abraham. And as the three were there, they were looking. And they were seeing this all going on. And the father said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Matthew 17.5 So I believe if we really look at it, if God is our Father, we believe God inspired the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, we need to believe what God says. Jesus Christ is His Son. Jesus Christ has set the example. We're called to follow Him. Point two is, Jesus asked a personal question. A personal question. Like those personal questions. And I was thinking about, I told the guys earlier, I was thinking about bringing Michael up here, and, and Ryan, and if Lauren is in here, bring them up and just ask personal questions. How many would like me to do that? That's pretty good, huh? Where are you guys? <laughs> but I'm not going to do it to them because I care a little bit. Anyway, after hearing his disciples tell him what others said, Jesus asked them for their opinion. He has heard public opinion, but now he wanted to hear their personal opinion of who Jesus is. This is the moment of truth. Everything Jesus had taught them and been with them and shown them was leading to this moment, to this time. Every miracle is leading to this moment in time. Every word of truth Jesus was teaching brought these men to the crossroads of this situation. Their response to this question, we let Jesus know his personal ministry to these men opened their eyes by the Spirit. They seen who he was. Sometimes the disciples would be dull of hearing. Sometimes we're dull of hearing. But Jesus says, but what about you? Jesus very simply asked, who do you say I am? Wow. Asking these guys who've been with him as he's moving toward the cross, who do you say I am? Peter's custom was to speak up. All the time, we see in the Scripture, many times he'll speak first and regret what he says. But this time, Peter says, you are the Christ, and he got it right. In Matthew's account of the same event, Matthew quotes Peter by saying, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16. So there in Caesarea Philippi, against that backdrop of paganism and false religion, we see that Peter saw this homeless carpenter from Nazareth, the very essence of God himself. Peter looked at Jesus and saw the Messiah, which 
the word Christ means anointed one. Peter also saw Jesus as the Son of God. So what do you see Jesus as? Is he the Son of God? Is he the Messiah? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Is he your King, your Redeemer? Peter believed Jesus was God, Lord, and Savior. Of course, Peter did not come to this knowledge by himself because of Matthew 16, 17, it says, And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. The Lord's identity was revealed to Peter by God himself, by the Holy Spirit moving through him. This is a very, every genuine conversion is the fact that God moves through people by his Holy Spirit. No one is saved by persuasive opinions of men. People are saved when their spiritual eyes, their hearts are open to the Lord. Peter's declaration lets us know that Peter was saved. He knew who Jesus was and openly confessed him. Peter was saved, but not all the disciples were. Because, you know, in that group, there was Judas, who betrayed Jesus for a bag of silver, 30 pieces of silver. No one can speak for you. No one can believe for you. Who Jesus is is a very personal decision of you. In the end, it does not matter what everyone else has said about Jesus. It all comes down to who you believe he is. Your answer to the Lord's question is absolutely vital to your salvation, eternity. But who do you say I am? That's your answer. You know, people have all types of, of answers. The atheists, they believe that you don't believe in Jesus or God, the Bible, or anything. There's also such thing as sin. The agnostic also says they don't believe that anyone can be sure about such things. Maybe you think Jesus was a good teacher. Maybe you think Jesus was a leader of men and not that savior of men. C.S. Lewis wrote the following. A man who was, was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would be, not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or he would be the devil of, of hell. You may take your choice. Either this was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, or you can fall at his knees and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about this being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He is God's Son. Philippians even tell us that a time will come when everything will bow on their knees before Christ, the Lord. Perhaps maybe you hold some type of false beliefs that you need to remember. Scripture just tells us what Jesus said. We need to remember what Jesus said. I think that's the most important things of our lives. Jesus, of course, says a scripture that many of you grew up with and know. Some others don't know yet. You have memorized it. If you're in children's church, BBS, Sunday school, you've learned it over the years. 
John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. In John 14.6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. No one goes to the Father except by me. He's our life, he's our direction. He says in John 8.24, I said to you that you shall die in your sins, for you believe not that I am, then you shall die in your sins. Jesus states this. But let us not come and realize those things are being said. The issues are very clear to us. For 2,000 years, millions have believed what Peter said. Millions have believed what the apostles preached, what preachers have preached, what Sunday school teachers have taught, what a person has taught to another person. The issue is here, though. What do you believe about Jesus? You know, the thing that's important, I think, is this. You're going to make a judgment about Christ when you leave here. You're going to probably say some things like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't have to worry about it. You're not talking to me. I read my Bible. I pray. Great. How is Jesus changing you? Making you different? Who are you mentoring? Who are you talking to about Jesus? How do your children see you as a Christian? How does your spouse see you as a Christian? We're not perfect. Not perfect at all. But God forgave us. Through Jesus Christ, he washes away our sins. He gives us life. He gives us his love. He gives us hope. And he gives us his promises that are always true. If you're not a Christian, or perhaps you're a Christian, not a member of First Christian Church, why not? Why not belong, get involved? Because when you come into Christ Jesus, you are the church. There's no separation. But we'd like to have you come and be part of us. Transfer your membership. But if you're not a Christian, do you belong to Jesus? Do you want to believe in Jesus? Do you want to change, really? By the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, by God's word and God himself, he changes us. Now, I can't change you. Well, when I ever changed my daughter, Farah. But change. I grew up in the First Christian Church in, in Council Plus, Iowa. Baptized there when I was 10 years old in 1963. My friend Richie Moore and I went down the aisle together. Baptized. Baptized into Christ around December. Became Christians. Richie had passed away about seven years ago. As we grew up together, involved in youth groups, things along that line, but then they got in that junior high age, I decided I didn't need this. Moved away from it. And then my freshman year in high school, a man came, was in our in the ministry of the church, took me aside and talked to me. I had a couple of football coaches and wrestling coaches talk to me. Before too long, I decided, I want to serve the Lord more. I wanted to. I didn't feel forced to. It was my decision. And this morning, it's your decision. What are you going to do with Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is in your life? What do you believe about him?
Remember the old show a long time ago? The show was very clear and understanding. It became very, very popular. Regis Philbus was in it. I can't remember the other lady's name. But it's been on. It comes back at times. They always had a question they asked the people when they came down to the answers. The contestant could choose once they asked this question. Is this your final answer? They could think about it. They could decide. But what about us? Have you answered that for you? What's your final answer about Jesus? Is he your savior? Is he your friend? Or is he just a good teacher? I like to come to church. I have my good friends here. We have a great time. What are you doing as a Christian? Why aren't you more involved if you are a Christian? And why aren't you a Christian? Questions. But Jesus will come to us someday and perhaps say to us, who do you say that I am? This morning, as we come, stand for the invitation. Who do you say Jesus is? Please stand.